Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. <clears throat> we read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is... Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for, with, for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 8, The Journey Back, with Section 10, The Acceptance of Reality. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which today is Lesson 97, stated, I am Spirit. Well, Lori, do you have a, a your lovely poetic openings to share with us this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and it expresses my heart so, so clearly. Tiny expression from Huffies that goes like this. I wish I could show you. I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your own being. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Laurie. All right. Well, thanks, Laurie. And, uh, So just go through the reading list or the list that I have here. <clears throat> With us and reading, I have Lori, Charles, Robin Marie, Fran, and Jessica. With us and listening, I have Ida, Harrison, and Judy. For now, is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to, to say good morning or... Hi, Lemoyne. Did you say... Was I on that list for reading, oh, Karen? You are so... I'm sorry, Karen. Lost you. You dropped off. Thank you for touching that. All right, well, it's a long section today. I will get us started here with Section 10 in Chapter 8, The Journey Back, 
the acceptance of reality. <clears throat> Fear of the will of God is one of the strangest beliefs that the human mind has ever made. This could not possibly have occurred unless the mind were already profoundly split, making it possible for the mind to be afraid of what it really is. It is apparent that reality cannot, quote-unquote, threaten anything except illusions since reality can only uphold truth. The very fact that the will of God, which is what you are, is perceived as fearful to you, demonstrates that you are afraid of what you are. It is not then the will of God of which you are afraid, but yours. Your will is not the ego's, and that is why the ego is against you. What seems to be the fear of God is really only the fear of your own reality. And Lori. Uh, chapter 8, The Journey Back, Section 10. The Acceptance of Reality. Paragraph 90, fear of the will of God is one of the strangest beliefs that the human mind has ever made. This could not possibly have occurred unless the mind were already profoundly split, making it possible for the mind to be afraid of what it really is. It is apparent that reality cannot so-called threaten anything except illusions, since reality can only uphold truth. The very fact that the will of God, which is what you are, is perceived as fearful to you, demonstrates that you are afraid of what you are. It is not then the will of God of which you are afraid, but yours. Your will is not the ego's, and that is why the ego is against you. What seems to be the fear of God is really only the fear of your own reality. 91. It is impossible to learn anything consistently in a state of panic. If the purpose of this course is to learn what you are, and if you have already decided that what you are is fearful, then it must follow that you will not learn this course. Yet you might remember that the reason for the course is that you do not know who you are. If you do not know your own reality, how would you know whether it is fearful or not? Thank you, Lori. And Charles. 91. It is impossible to learn anything consistently in a state of panic. If the purpose of this course is to learn what you are, and if you have already decided that what you are is fearful, then it must follow that you will not learn this course. Yet you might rem remember that the reason for the course is that you do not know who you are. 
if you do not know your reality, how would you know whether it is fearful or not? 22. The association of truth and fear would be highly artificial at most, is particularly inappropriate in the minds of those who do not know what truth is. All that this kind of association means is that you are arbitrarily arbitrarily endowing something quite beyond your awareness with something you do not want. It is evident, then, that you are judging something of which you are totally unaware. You have a set you have set this strange situation up so that it is completely impossible to escape from it without a guide who knows what your reality is. The purpose of this guide is merely to remind you of what you want. He is not attempting to force an alien will upon you. He merely he is merely making every possible effort within the limits you impose on him to re-establish your own will in your consciousness. Pass. Thank you, Charles and Robin Marie. Ninety-two, the association of truth and fear, which would be highly artificial at most, is particularly inappropriate in the minds of those who do not know what truth is. All that that this kind of association means is that you are arbitrarily endowing something quite beyond your awareness with something you do not want. It is evident, then, that you are judging something of which you are totally unaware. You have set this strange situation up so that it is completely impossible to escape from it without a guide who does know what your reality is. The purpose of this guide is merely to remind you of what you want. He is not attempting to force an alien will upon you. He is merely making every possible effort within the limits you impose on him to reestablish your own excuse me your own will in your consciousness. Ninety three. You have imprisoned your will in your unconscious where it remains available but cannot help you. When we said that the Holy Spirit's function is to sort out the true from the false in your unconscious, we meant that he has the power to look into what you have hidden and perceive the will of God there. His perception of this will can make it real to you because he is in your mind and therefore he is your reality. If then his perception of your mind brings its reality to you, 
He is teaching you what you are. Thank you, Robin Marie and Fran. 93. You have imprisoned your will in your unconscious, where it remains available but cannot help you. When we said that the Holy Spirit's function is to sort out the truth from the false in your unconscious, we meant that he has the power to look into what you have hidden and perceive the will of God there. His perception of this will can make it real to you because he is in your mind and therefore he is your reality. If then his perception of your mind brings its reality to you, he is teaching you what you are. 94. The only source of fear in this whole process can only be what you think you lose. Yet it is only what the Holy Spirit sees that you can possibly have. We have emphasized many times that the Holy Spirit will never call upon you to sacrifice anything. But if you ask the sacrifice of reality of yourselves, the Holy Spirit must remind you that this is not God's will because it is not yours. There is no difference between your will and God's. If you did not have split minds, you would recognize that willing is salvation because it is communication. It is impossible to communicate in alien tongues. You and your creator can communicate through creation because that and only that is your joint will. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. Okay. 94. The only source of fear in this whole process can only be what you think you lose. Yet it is only what the Holy Spirit sees that you can possibly have. We have emphasized many times that the Holy Spirit will never call upon you to sacrifice anything. But if you ask the sacrifice of reality of yourselves, the Holy Spirit must remind you that this is not God's will because it is not yours. There is no difference between your will and God's. If you did not have split minds, you would recognize that willing is salvation because it is communication. It is impossible to communicate in alien tongues. You and your creator can communicate through creation because that and only that is your joint will. 95. Divided wills do not communicate because they speak for different things to the same mind. This loses the ability to communicate simply because confused communication does not mean anything. A message cannot be said to be communicated unless it makes sense. How sensible can your messages be when you ask for what you do not want? Yet as long as you are afraid of your will, this is precisely what you will ask for. You may insist that the Holy Spirit does not answer you, but it might be wiser to consider the kind of asker you are. 
Are you on mute, Are my boy? You? Must be on mute. <laughs> uh, it's not Karen is on mute. It's me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that fits that last sentence. What kind of asker am I? Okay. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> Karen, would you read 95 and uh, 6? 95. Divided will do not communicate because they speak for different things to the same mind. This loses the ability to communicate simply because Confused communication does not mean anything. A message cannot be said to be communicated unless it makes sense. How sensible can your messages be when you ask for what you do not want? Yet as long as you are afraid of your will, this is precisely what you will ask for. You may insist that the Holy Spirit does not answer you but it might be wiser to consider the kind of asker you are. 96. You do not ask only for what you want. This is solely because you are afraid you might receive it, and you will. That is really why you persist in asking the teacher who could not possibly teach you your will. Of him, you can never learn it. And this gives you the illusion of safety. Yet you cannot be safe from truth, but only in it. Reality is the only safety. Your will is your salvation, because it is the same as God's. The separation is nothing more than the belief that it is different. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader for 96 and 97? This is Sandra. I can read. Please go ahead. 96. You do not ask only for what you want. This is solely because you are afraid you might receive it. And you would. That is really why you persist in asking the teacher who could not possibly teach you your will. Of him, you can never learn it. And this gives you the illusion of safety. Yet you cannot be safe from truth, but only in it. Reality is the only safety. Your will is your salvation because it is the same as God's. The separation is nothing more than the belief that it is different. 97. No mind can believe that its will is stronger than God's. If then, a, if then, if then, a mind believes that its will is different from his, it can only decide either that there is no God or that God's will is fearful. 
The former accounts for the atheist and the latter for the martyr. Martyrdom takes many forms, the category including all doctrines which hold that God demands sacrifices of any kind. Either basic type of insane, either basic type of insane decisions will introduce panic because the atheist believes he is alone and the martyr believes that God is crucifying him. <laughs> Both really fear abandonment and retaliation. But the atheist is more reactive against abandonment and the martyr against retaliation. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 97 and 98? Good morning, it's Donna. And yes, I could read. All right, please go ahead, Donna. 97. No mind can believe that its will is stronger than God's. If, then, a mind believes that its will is different from his, it can only decide either that there is no God or that God's will is fearful. The former accounts for the atheist and the latter the martyr. Martyrdom takes many forms, the category including all doctrines which hold that God demands sacrifice of any kind. Either basic type of insane decision will induce panic because the atheist believes he is alone and the martyr believes that God is crucifying him. Both really fear abandonment and retaliation, but the atheist is more reactive against abandonment and the martyr against retaliation. 98. The atheist maintains that God has left him, but he does not care. He will, however, become very fearful and hence very anger if anyone suggests that God has not left him. The martyr, on the other hand, is more aware of guilt and believing that punishment is inevitable, is inevitable, attempts to teach himself to like it, attempts to teach himself to like it. The truth is, very simply, that no one wants either abandonment or retaliation. Many people seek both, but it is still true that they do not want them. Can you ask the Holy Spirit for, quote, gifts, unquote, such as these, and actually expect to receive them? The Holy Spirit is totally incapable of giving you anything that does, that does not come from God. His task is not to make, his task is not to make anything for you. He cannot make you want something you do not want. When you ask the universal giver for what you do not want, you are asking for what cannot be given because it was never created. It was never created because it was never your will for you. 
Thank you, Donna. And is there another new reader for 98 and 99? Oh, Harrison, go ahead. I'll follow. Okay. The atheist maintains that God has left him, but he does not care. He will, however, become very fearful and hence very angry if anyone suggests that God has not left him. The martyr, on the other hand, is more aware of guilt and believing that punishment is inevitable, attempts to teach himself to like it. The truth is, very simply, that no one wants either abandonment or retaliation. Many people seek both, but it is still true that they do not want them. Can you ask the Holy Spirit for quote-unquote gifts such as these and actually expect to receive them? The Holy Spirit is totally incapable of giving you anything that, that, that does not come from God. His task is not to make anything for you. He cannot make you want something you do not want. When you ask the universal giver, for what you do not want, you're asking for what cannot be given because it was never created. It was never created because it was never your will for you. 99. Ultimately, Everyone must remember the world of God because ultimately everyone must recognize himself. This recognition is the recognition that his will and God's are one. In the presence of truth, there are no unbelievers unbelievers, and no sacrifices. In the security of reality, fear is totally meaningless. To deny what is can only seem to be fearful. Fear cannot be real without a cause, and God is the only cause. God is love, and you do not want him. This is your will. Ask for this, and you will be answered, because you will be asking only 
for what belongs to you. Well, thank you, Harrison and Judy. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. Ultimately, everyone must remember the will of God because ultimately everyone must recognize himself. This recognition is the recognition that his will and God's are one. In the presence of truth, there are no unbelievers and no sacrifices. In the security of reality, fear is totally meaningless. To deny what is can only seem to be fearful. Fear cannot be real without a cause, and God is the only cause. (laughs) I love that. God is love, and you do want him. This is your will. Ask for this, and you will be answered, because you will be asking only for what belongs to you. When the When you ask the Holy Spirit for what would hurt you, he cannot answer because nothing can hurt you, and so you are asking for nothing. Any desire which stems from the ego is a desire for nothing, and to ask for it is not a request. It is merely a denial in the form of a request. The Holy Spirit is not concerned with form at all, being aware only of meaning. The ego cannot ask the Holy Spirit for anything because there is a complete communication failure between them. Yet, you can ask for everything of the Holy Spirit because your requests are real. Being of your will. Would the Holy Spirit deny the will of God? And could he fail to recognize it in his sons? Oh, I love this. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 100 100 and 101? Another new reader? Okay, uh, back to you, Lori. When you ask the Holy Spirit for what would hurt you, He cannot answer, nothing can hurt you. So you are asking for nothing. Any desire which stems from the ego is a desire for nothing. And to ask for it is not a request. It is merely a denial in the form of a request. The Holy Spirit is not concerned with form at all, being aware only of meaning. The ego cannot ask the Holy Spirit for anything because there is complete communication failure between them. Yet, you can ask for anything, everything of the Holy Spirit because your requests are real being of your will. Would the Holy Spirit deny the will of God? 
And could he fail to recognize it in his sons? What I want. The energy which you withdraw from creation, you expend on fear. This is not because your energy is limited, but because you have limited it. You do not recognize the enormous waste of energy which you expend in denying truth. What would you say of someone who persisted in attempting the impossible, believing that to achieve it is success? The belief that you must have the impossible in order to be happy is totally at variance with the principle of creation. God could not will that happiness depended on what you could never have. Thank you, Lori. And Charles. Charles, uh, 101 and 102. Oops, sorry, I'm on mute here. <laughs> okay. okay. 101. The energy which you withdraw from creation, you expend on fear. This is not because your energy is limited, but because you have limited limited it. You do not recognize the enormous waste of energy by which you expend in denying truth. What would you say of someone who persisted in attempting the impossible, believing that to achieve it is success. The belief that you must have the impossible in order to be happy is totally at variance with the principle of creation of God. Creation. God could not will that happiness depended on which you could never have. 102. The fact that God is love does not require belief, but it does require acceptance. It is indeed possible for you to deny facts, although it is impossible for you to change them. If you hold your hands over your eyes, you will not see because you are interfering with the laws of seeing. If you deny love, you will not know it because your cooperation is the law of its being. You cannot change laws you did not make, and the laws of happiness were created for you, not by you. Amen. Thank you, Charles and Robin Marie. One or two. The fact that God is love does not require belief, but it does require acceptance. It is indeed possible for you to deny facts, although it is impossible for you to change them. If you hold your hands over your eyes, you will not see because you are interfering with the laws of seeing. 
If you deny love, if you deny love, you will not know it because your cooperation is the law of its being. You cannot change laws you did not make. And the laws of happiness were created for you, not by you. 103. Attempts of any kind to deny what is are, what is are fearful. And if they are strong, they will induce panic. Willing against reality, though impossible, can be made into a very persistent goal, even though you do not want it. But consider the result of this strange decision. You are devoting your mind to what you do not want. How real can this devotion be? If you do not want it, it was never created. If it was never created, it it is nothing. Can you really devote yourself to nothing? Thank you, Robin Murray. And Fran. One of the three. Attempts of any kind to deny what is are fearful. And if they are strong, they will induce panic. Willing against reality, though impossible, can be made into a very persistent goal, even though you do not want it. But consider the result of this strange decision. You are devoting your mind to what you do not want. How real can this devotion be? If you do not want it, it was never created. If it was never created, it is nothing. Can you really devote yourself to nothing? 104. God in his devotion to you created you devoted to everything and gave you what you are devoted to. Otherwise, you would not have been created perfect. Reality is everything, and therefore you have everything because you are real. You cannot make the unreal because the absence of reality is fearful, and fear cannot be created. As long as you believe that fear is possible, you will not create. Opposing orders of reality make reality meaningless, and reality is meaning. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. Thank you. Um, I'm in the supermarket bathroom. Um, 104. God, in his devotion to you, created you devoted to everything and gave you what you are devoted to. Otherwise, you would not have been created perfect. Reality is everything. And therefore, you have everything because you are real. You cannot make the unreal because the absence of reality is fearful and fear cannot be created. As long as you believe that fear is possible, you will not create. Opposing orders of reality make reality meaningless. And reality is meaning. 105. Remember that 
that God's will is already possible and nothing else will ever be. This is the simple acceptance of reality because only this is real. You cannot distort reality and know what it is. And if you do distort reality, you will experience anxiety, depression, and ultimately panic because you're trying to make yourself unreal. When you feel these things, do not try to look beyond yourself for truth. For truth can only be within you. Say, therefore, should I say it? Yes, please. Okay. Say, therefore, Christ is in me, and where he is, God must be, for Christ is part of him. Thank you, Jessica. <clears throat> and Karen, did you read 105, 106? Remember then that God's will is already possible and nothing else will ever be. This is the simple acceptance of reality because only this is real. You cannot distort reality and know what it is. And if you do distort reality, you will experience anxiety, depression, and ultimately panic because you are trying to make yourself unreal. When you feel these things, do not try to look beyond yourself for truth. For truth can only be within you. Say therefore, Christ is in me, and where he is, God must be. For Christ is part of him. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra, would you conclude with 106? Sure. I'll, I'll read the sentence before. When you feel these things, do not try to look beyond yourself for truth. For truth can only be within you. Say, therefore... Christ is in me, and where he is, God must be, for Christ is part of him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Well, we are already well past the top of the hour. And I think that 106 is just a great lead-in for the lesson. So, Fran, turn to you to lead us in Lesson 97. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in still in the first part of the workbook, and we today are on Lesson 97. I am spirit. 
So I shall read some from this lesson, and then we'll do at the top of the hour five-minute practice. Um, okay, I am spirit. Today's idea identifies you with your one self. It accepts no split identity, nor tries to weave opposing factors into unity. It simply states the truth. Practice this truth today as often as you can, for it will bring your mind from conflict to the quiet fields of peace. We state again the truth about yourself, the Holy Son of God who rests in you, whose mind has been restored to sanity. You are the spirit, lovingly endowed with all your Father's love and peace and joy. He is with you always, as you are with him. Today, we try to bring reality still closer to your mind. Each time you practice, awareness is brought a little nearer at least. Sometimes, a thousand years or more are saved. The minutes which you give are multiplied over and over. Give him the minutes which he needs today to help you understand with him you are the spirit that abides in him. The Holy Spirit will be glad to take five minutes of each hour from your hands and carry them around this aching world where pain and misery appear to rule. Begin these happy exercises with the words the Holy Spirit speaks to you and let them echo around the world through him. Spirit, am I, a holy son of God, free of all limits, safe and healed and whole, free to forgive and free to save the world. Offer each practice period today gladly to him, and he will speak to you, reminding you that you are spirit, one with him and God, your brothers and yourself. The Holy Spirit gives you peace today. Receive his words and offer them to him. And we'll take five minutes. Lesson 97, I am spirit.
Today's idea identifies you with your one self. Lesson 97. I am spirit. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. That was beautiful. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank you, friend. Thank you. You know, this is Sandra, and um, as I was listening to this reading, I was thinking I'm afraid of being spirit because um, I'm identified with the body, and I think that that's a that's a common fear because we're because for 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 our species because our species is so identified with the body and and science actually um, supports that um, quantum physics doesn't because it's more into the energy of it but but our our newtonian science supports that and and so it, right right then and there we've been um programmed to believe that we're bodies and um and and i think our greatest fear is death because again our identity is with with bodies and bodies are are impermanent and so identifying with being a body is going to bring up fear but the Holy Spirit has answered all our prayers because usually when we get frightened or when I get frightened I start to to pray or go back to my source and the Holy Spirit has answered all those fears with these books called the course in miracles the course of love the way of mastery and it seems to me that all the ills of the world come come from the premise, uh, the Darwin Darwinian premise that, which is considered science, which is the survival of the fittest. Which is, once again, the fittest would be focusing in on the body, instead of, um, and also that term that was, you know maybe in in less modern times in our modern times it's survival of the wealthiest and all that does is create you know competition and usury instead of trusting and relying on our relationship with god with the creator um i am the will of god in my holiness in my wholeness and what makes me whole is my relationship with God that's what makes me holy um, and then the fear of death is actually meaningless because because I am spirit and I'm under no laws but God so nothing really can hurt me unless I forget who I am I'm complete Oh, I love oh, that. that Thank great, you, Sandra. Sandra. Oh. Yeah, that was excellent. Thank you, Sandra. I gotta. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna roll with that and 
maybe touch on a couple points in addition to that. That um, the loveliness and Godfrey, and I'm glad you're back. I love hearing your voice doing our lessons for us together here. You got away, sister. Uh, um, the lesson today, I, spirit I am, spirit I am, one in spirit, one in truth, one in will, one in reality. What is the same cannot be different. And what is one cannot have separate parts. It's one and the same throughout. And the text refers to this, this wholeness, this completion, this likeness, this quality. And then, you know, the contrast to what the ego's will is and the ego's thinking in the world and the world being a place where the Son of God came to be hidden from himself, to hide in the body, a place where God could not come and be visible. It was unknown here. We forgot. We hid him. You know, what? how all that ha- happened and went down, I don't know. But, I, you know, the Course explains that we're coming from the bottom up back and restoring ourselves to the truth of who we are, letting go of the image of the body as being a mirage, a dream, a mistaken belief in who we are. And by believing in that mistaken self-appraisal that we're seeking outside of ourselves in the world for our completion. And this text reading today really speaks of that, that um, desire to find our completion in the world, which is the world's crucifixion of the Son of God, because we can't do that. The ego seeks and it can never find, because it doesn't know what it's looking for. It knows not who and what we are. And this is just coming so beautifully together from our reading this together in the text, that the ego knows nothing, and it's only by accepting what the truth is, the Course presents it, and the means that God has given us already within us, the voice of the Holy Spirit. God's voice speaks to me every day. There's nothing closer, nearer, or dearer to me than the voice of God. He knows me better than I think I know myself. What I think I know is, is not true, that I am spirit, limitless, boundaryless, having and being everything in unicity, the great state of grace. I am and have everything, having and being everything, united as spirit. And that's huge. I mean, you know, I'll give up eating a bologna sandwich in a body for that. (laughs) Big sacrifice. Uh, The sacrifice, whenever I see that word sacrifice, the ego believes in sacrifice. I can only sacrifice my oneness. And the Course calls that making an idol thinking there's something outside of my spirit, my unicity, my state of grace, that's going to make me more than that. And that's impossible. 
the impossible. So, ergo, I think I've talked long enough, but I'm just sitting in this holy day, grateful for the Course, because I grew up Catholic, and along with Christ's passion, passion of love for everyone and everything, and Him giving Himself totally and completely to that love, learning a new, a new, fresh idea of what forgiveness means and to look upon this world as not real, that nothing has ever been done. We've never left God. We've never sinned. We could not change our innocence because we could not leave God. It was something that we mistakenly thought we'd done. Couldn't happen. Never happened. Don't forget to laugh. <laughs> oh, I love this course, and I love the truth. Happy High Holy Day. I'm complete. Amen to that, oh, Judy. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Judy. That was great. Good morning, it's Harrison. I love this lesson. Spirit am I, a holy son of God, free of all limits, safe and healed and whole. Free to forgive and free to save the world. That just takes in everything. A week from Saturday, uh, I'm scheduled to do a eulogy for one of my course students, long-time course students. And of course, I anticipate that most of the members of the family and her friends probably have no clue of what she believed. And she believed what the Course is telling us. So, um, it brings up the questions of what would, what do I say uh, to them? And uh, her name is Mary Ann, and it occurred to me is what would Mary Ann want her family and friends to know about what she believed? And this lesson is a good starting point. Mary Ann is spirit. 
Mary Ann is the Holy Son of God. She's free of all limits. Now she's given the opportunity to be free of the limits of the body and the world. She's safe. She's healed. And she's whole. She's free to save the world. An incredible opportunity we have. Both those of us who are here, those of us who appear not to be, and those that are yet to come, have the same opportunity to save the world. And how do we do that? We do that by saving ourselves. By realizing that we're spirit. We're spirit made in the likeness and image of God. And only like God. So all the judgments that we have made and do make about ourselves are totally, completely irrelevant. There is only one relevant judgment, and that is God's judgment. And his judgment is, you are my beloved son. Nobody can contain your spirit or impose upon you a limitation God created not. How glorious is that? I'm complete. Indeed. Beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Oh, don't stop now. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Right. Don't stop now. Right. Well, thank you, Harrison. Yes, I'm, I'm so reminded, Harrison, that we have this power of the mind of God to heal and to make complete and whole. And the lessons to say this over and over again, to heal the world of sin, sickness, suffering, and death, which is the antithesis 
of the thought system of God. And the text speaks of this today, this alien tongue. And I used to, 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 to contemplate that. What does that mean? A different language, an alien tongue. And it's simply the thoughts of death. Any thoughts that aren't supremely happy, that aren't supremely happy, joyful, free, completely at peace, in joy, and that God doesn't think sad thoughts. He doesn't worry. There's no worries. There's no concerns. There's no cares. There's no anger. There's no conflict. There's none of that alien tongue or a language that does not, um, isn't in accord or in harmony with the thoughts of God, that only loving thoughts are true. So that was something that really came to me in this morning meditation. Somehow, um, you know, the thought, the thought, because I got some news from my doctor. You know, I got some x-rays, and she says, go to this specialist in Portland, and what are they going to tell me? Well, they're going to tell you you need two hip replacements. And I'm like, I don't believe it. Click. <laughs> I am not a body. <laughs> and I wouldn't let it ruin my day. You know, I'm just not going to let it ruin my day. I'm not going to let it kill my joy, the peace and the love and the joy and the spirit. And I will, I'll go to the, I will go to the appointment. I'll see what they say and, We'll see what rock and rolls from there on in, but um, I'll tell you what. I just assume walk and ignore and deny the illusion of pain than have them put a knife to me and stick some spare parts in there because I got enough of this going on. Anyways, that's how I'm hanging today. God bless you all. I love you. Thank you for your love and support. I am complete. Oh, bless you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. God bless you, Judy. You're a spirit. You're a spirit. Excuse excuse me, no disrespect to you, Fran, because you have more courage to go through it. (laughs) Oh, God bless you. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. Just um, want to just say hi, and I'm being spirited as I listen. I'm complete. Morning, Chris. Hi. Good morning, Chris. Yes, thank you. I got spirited too. Have a good one. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Steve. Yeah, I today this morning on my way to the to to my dock. I looked down and I saw actually I saw a couple of them, but it, it, it were these leaves that had like these fine furry covering it looked like you know a part of a a mammal an animal 
fur. But I, you know, I lifted it up, and it was amazing. And I, I put it over on, on my upper lip just to feel that it. it was like velvet. And then I heard, ah, ah, and this red-tailed hawk, you know, which I see a lot. We have white herons and great blue herons and bumblebees. And, and, but this little innocuous leaf, and it reminded me one time I went hiking in Colorado and, and, and you know, really up this mountain and there were still some snow patches and there were these beautiful flowers that probably nobody saw except me just then, there. And I realized there is a constant urge everywhere to express the intelligence and beauty inherent in life everywhere. Uh, even on the rocks of Mars, everywhere. There's these rings of Saturn I just discovered uh, at a planetarium. That there's, there's spaces in the rings that are created by moons that push through like a plow so there's space between. So there is an intelligent creation going on everywhere. I'm one of the great expressions of God. And it's ever-present everywhere. Flowers blooming in beauty, majesty that won't ever be seen right now on the top of the Allegheny Mountains somewhere or in China. There's this inherent urge within, from with that, from that something that is constantly expressing itself. And when I think about, sense that intelligence there is that everywhere impersonal intelligence and then there's me with hip knee elbows that come and go yet simultaneously there is the all and then the particular and there are qualities in my particular that I accept such as it had a beginning and it'll have an end, which makes me, which is perfect because the preciousness of life is created by the fact that it's finite. So I'm going to take every breath today and try to remember that I am part of that greater perfection of intelligence that is creating it always. And to align with the all, the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one everywhere, omniscient, omnipotent. There's both of that and the particular. And I, I love it. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm at peace. And I want to share it. And you all know it. You all are expressing your love of what the Course is the Course isn't some book out there. The Course is written in each one of our hearts. And I hear people going, look at this, look at that, because their heart knows this. 
and it knows it even more by giving it words and expressing it. Maybe through music, maybe through poetry, and maybe through our meetings. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. It's simple. It's simple. Elegantly simple. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, this is Donna, and um, in the, today's reading, I got what I call affirming or affirmation uh, prayers, and um, from from paragraph ninety nine about asking. So I did ask. I asked for God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I asked to know myself. So I asked to know God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and myself now, or at least, or at least sooner rather than later. And then from paragraph 106, I, I a prayer affirmation. My will is God's will. God is love. God's will is love. I am God's evidence of God's willed love. And then from our lesson yesterday, I learned that that mind and body cannot both exist. And today I learned that Spirit and self both cannot exist. And from the lesson I got, a prayer affirmation. I am spirit, holy, limitless, safe, healed, whole, free, filled with the Holy Spirit by my letting my holy will be one by knowing my truth of being. I am spirit moment to moment, and I asked, Father, I ask, help me be aware and realize I am spirit as you created me. Amen. I am complete. Beautiful, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Well, thank you, Donna. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. I just want to share about the lesson, being spirit, especially the part that says, free to forgive and free to save the world. I think the, the most healing 
and the most powerful way to free to be free to save the world is forgiveness. I heard a testimony uh, just this morning about a man that was at a event and he shared something with another friend and that something was that his brother texted him and he said, oh, that's nice. And how is he? And he says, no, you don't understand. I haven't talked my bro- to my brother since he was 10 years old. He's 50. And, of course, what he shared was incredible. He said that, um, sorry, there might be some background sound. He was saying that he, uh, the reason why he hasn't talked to his brother in 40 years or so is because his brother sexually assaulted him. And uh, his brother, because of that, he couldn't keep a relationship. He only had sex with prostitutes. He was addicted to cocaine. It was pretty traumatic what happened to him. But he recently took the time to forgive him and send uh prayers of forgiveness and loving kindness to his brother and slowly started to heal himself. But during that period of time, he didn't know this. His brother um, recorded a, a, a video apologizing to him for what he did and sent him that in a text. And he was beside himself because, and this is where forgiveness transcends time and space and could save the world as we forgive. His brother saved his other his brother and and made and psychically had him make that video and apologize to him, and he healed. His relationship with his brother uh, established in a beautiful way, and it was a powerful expression on how powerful forgiveness is. Have I had that opportunity in my life through forgiveness and how it transcends time and space and how it, it heals others in my life? Of course. So... Anyways, uh, why wait not to forgive? Why wait to forgive, I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's very powerful. Um, so when we think of spirit, when the Course speaks about spirit, it speaks about the mind. And the mind is, of God is non-localized. It's beyond time and space. So we're evoking one of the most powerful energies of healing there is. And that testimony really serves that. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful illustration. I love that non non local and non language even too. Um, 
you know, the love is love is love is love. It's generic, and it's thought, and it's application. It's universal, and you know the difference between how the spirit unilaterally, unequivocally applies it to the whole of the sonship, and the lessons that speak of that. You know, one loving thought is a loving thought for everyone. And every every loving thought that anyone's ever had is a loving thought for me. That totality just captures the heart of my imagina- imagination in a way that is so near and dear to me that I can't forget it. And it's the power that the Course teaches us to use or we will lose our awareness of it, that the reality of it we never lose. That it's absolutely changeless. It's the awareness of our reality that we have to keep in mind. Thank you, Chris. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. Um, My favorite line from this lesson is in paragraph 3. Salvation is a miracle. The first and last. The first that is the last, for it is one. And then... Oh my goodness, the way he uses words um, to illustrate the consequences of that miracle. Um, When I read it with my heart, it feels uh, like I'm soaring, just soaring. And 
he uses the words in a way that um, uplift me. Just uplift me out of my insanity. It's um, it, it speaks to me of both blessing and gratitude at the same time. The essence of the lesson is blessing and gratitude. The way the wings of the Holy Spirit can take this thought, I am spirit, a holy son of God, free without limits, safe and healed and whole, free to forgive, free to save the world, just uh, feels like a ride, feels like a great ride. And um, it, it feels like um, there's a book title once. It's a great book. It's called I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. That's what this lesson feels like to me. It's the liberation. Liberation from, um, we say body, but um, the body is an idea of limits and um, and he wants me to know of freedom freedom from something freedom from something and freedom to something freedom from something and to something and so what am I free from well he, he spells it out in paragraph 97 I'm free from the ideas, two ideas that comprise the essence of denial. Two ideas that comprise the essence of denial. One is abandonment and the other one is sacrifice. Two, two beliefs that in the, in the presence of truth are literally insane literally and and that's as good a definition of the ego as any other in this book a tiny fence the son of God is built around a tiny fragment of his glorious idea to keep him in and this fence is built of the idea that I've been abandoned by God Or that I must sacrifice or crucify myself in order to merit his love two ideas two ideas that form the essence of denial you know there's there's an obscure sentence in this book that says denial does what it would defend denial does what it would defend when I call upon denial abandonment and sacrifice when I call upon that to defend myself I'm building the cage in which I think I'm trapped and in that cage I I cannot feel the love of God I, I can't feel it in me you know I can't realize that God is but love and therefore so am I 
all because of ego insanity. It is insane to deny the truth. Would God, would God hold insanity against me? Would God is but love? God is but love. And so am I. Would God in his devotion to me, who created me devoted to everything, would God ask for my... Would God ask me of anything except to accept his love? Only when I'm... You know, he says... He says the whole ego foundation is built on fear. And this fear of uh, lack of control, this fear of sacrifice, this fear of abandonment causes me to build a cage around myself to hold me in. But no, he doesn't want that cage. And that's why he uses such soaring language in this lesson. He'll take my words. I am spirit, a holy son of God free without limit, safe and healed and whole, free to forgive and free to save the world. He'll take those words and spread them throughout the consciousness of every mind, every mind willing to hear, every undefended mind, every open mind, every heart that yearns, every heart that longs, because this is the prayer of the heart, you see. This is the prayer of every heart to know the truth about itself. And every open heart that's willing to hear that darkness and denial of God's love are not true, that there's nothing to fear, that every exercise I ever used in control of fear has hurt me. He'll take that and he'll spread it everywhere. Would I be reluctant to give him those words for that? You see, I need to know that there's an antidote. There is an antidote for sacrifice. And that antidote is blessing. He'll take my words and he'll spread that blessing. I need to know that there's an antidote for my anger. My anger, the sense of having been left to suffer here. He'll, he'll take that, he'll take that anger and he'll turn it into gratitude. But no, I had a bad idea. I had a bad idea that I had to defend myself from love because I, I didn't know what love is. I was insane. He would not hold that against me. You know, in that sense, every single one of us was the prodigal son and we were insane. We found this beautiful, this beautiful mechanism, this divine technology for freedom. We found it because of our denial. Because our soul knows, soul wants to fly. Our soul knows freedom. Our soul knows love. I had a practice for a while that served me really well. And, and got me in touch with, I feel the love of God within me now. And that practice was simply to say, I love my beautiful soul. Even though I may not understand what it is, even though I may be insane, even though I may be 
so afraid that I'm using denial. Still, yet, God tells me my soul is my my only reality. He created me out of his devotion to me. And he created me devoted to everything. And that devotion is somewhere in my awareness. Underneath my fear of abandonment, underneath my fear of of retaliation, underneath every fear I ever had that I tried to control by insanity, underneath that is this loving soul. It's my only reality in a state of grace forever. I love my beautiful soul, I said to myself, as often as I possibly could. In the same way, I am spirit, a holy son of God, free without limits, safe and healed and whole, free to forgive, free to save the world. I love my beautiful soul. I love my beautiful soul. And the denial that caused me such feelings of abandonment or such feelings that I had to do something to merit God's love, that I must in some way punish myself. All of these things made out of insanity uh, just dissolved. Because my meaning is God's and God's meaning is mine. That's my reality. And I love it. love my beautiful soul. And when I realized that I love my beautiful soul, I realized my beautiful soul is love. There's so much love in there. You know, he says, we draw from a well of spirit and need never fear of drawing an empty bucket. There's so much love in there, it's incompatible with with breathing. We love so much. <laughs> I love my beautiful soul, I said. Until it became my reality in the same way this lesson is the absolute truth that dissolves my feelings of abandonment. My idea that I must crucify myself, that there is some reason I must merit God's love. Until I finally realized, just like he says in paragraph 101, the energy I spend on withdrawing from creation is spent in fear. This idea of a tiny fence built around the Son of God is what holds me captive. This idea, it's insane. And I would not hold my insanity against myself. Nor would God hold my insanity against me. It's a mistake, is all. Just a mistake. A mistaken idea. A false belief. Something something constructed out of my fear to keep me caged. I need to fly in the same way this lesson allows it. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori.
Thank you so much, Lordy. Now I know why the cage bird sings. It no longer sees itself as caged. I'm too free. Amen and amen. <laughs> amen. I feel like singing, Lori. <laughs> oh, let's sing. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. There's something about that, making myself into something I'm not and then judging myself for it, that is total insanity of the ego. It's so insane. And to recognize that insanity, that God would not have me suffer, make me an enemy of myself, don't invite the enemy into my camp, my friend would say. Who's the enemy in your camp, Jew, today? (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Um, We are free, free to be happy, joyous, and at peace. Thank you all for being here. This is the morning, and uh, it's a little late to do a summary of the reading, and it seems a little unnecessary. But I was led to, up uh, to this, is something of a summary closing. It's interesting. For one reason, which maybe get into in the after call, but um, yeah, let me just go ahead and and read it because I think it speaks to what we read today from chapter seven, section five: <clears throat> the recognition of truth. The last two paragraphs here. Um, To oppose the pull or the will of God is not an ability but a real delusion. The ego believes that it has this ability and can offer it to you as a gift. You do not want it. It is not a gift. It is nothing at all. God has given you a gift which you both have and are. When you do not use it, you do not know you have it. 
By not knowing this, you do not know what you are. Healing, then, is a way of approaching knowledge by thinking in accordance with the laws of God and recognizing their universality. Without this recognition, you have made the laws themselves meaningless to you. Yet the laws are not meaningless, since all meaning is contained by them and in them. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, because that is where the laws of God operate truly, and they can operate only truly, since they are the laws of truth. But seek this only because you can find nothing else. There is nothing else. God is all in all in a very literal sense. All being is in him who is all being. You are therefore in him since your being is his. Healing is a way of forgetting the sense of danger the ego has induced in you by not recognizing its existence in your brother. This strengthens the Holy Spirit in both of you because it is a refusal to acknowledge fear. Love needs only this invitation. It comes freely to all the sonship being what the sonship is. By your awakening to it, you are merely forgetting what you are not. This enables you to remember what you are. So, we are one in being, which is one, and different merely in relationship as it was created to make unity manifest. <laughs> so, we remain as God created us. I am spirit. We are spirit. Our complete. And Lori, do you have a... That was beautiful, the morning. (laughs) (laughs) That that was just stupendous as a close. Thank Um, you, Lamorne. Thank you. Thank you, you, Lamorne. Not what I went to that section for, which was much more particular. Anyway, um. <laughs> well, I can I can offer this. Um, it, it, one of my favorite pieces from Teresa of Avila, uh, who described the interior castle, um, where I am spirit. She wrote once while I was recollected in this company. I always bear with me and my soul. God seemed so present to me that I thought of Saint Peter's words. You are Christ, Son of the living God. For God was thus living in my soul. This presence is not like other visions because it is accompanied by such living faith that one cannot doubt 
that the Trinity is in our souls by presence, power, and essence. It is an extremely beneficial thing to understand this truth. Since I was amazed to see such majesty in something so lowly as my soul, I heard, quote, It is not lowly, daughter, for it is made in my image. End quote. I also understood some things about why God delights to be with souls more than with other creatures. These matters were so subtle that even though my intellect understood them immediately, I shall not be able to explain them. To me, that expression captures exactly what this lesson offers um, in beautiful words. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori, for and everyone. It's been a beautiful call. Just, just beautiful. Thank you, everyone. <clears throat> yes, thank you. Thank you all. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> and the recording. We do carry on. <laughs> 